He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. Uh, we are at Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All our podcast places are Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And please subscribe and share and five star review my podcast on the iTunes. Uh, we are rolling through the nineties right now of, of Facebook friends I've spoken to. And uh, I finally have, uh, someone that I've been trying to get on for a while and uh, he's wanted to get on for a while. So that's helpful. And, uh, he, he got on and, uh, his name is Tim Chismar. I originally met him probably 10 years ago, uh, just through doing comedy in the uh, Los Angeles area. Um, but he has gone on to, uh, bigger things in terms of creating his own, uh, books, his own uh, movies, um, getting them made. Um, but he did actually share a great story about actually how, you know, the business can be cruel. And it was really cruel to him in LA uh, a few years ago, so much to the point that he actually had to relocate and go to a different state to kind of rediscover and reignite uh, his love of what he does um, with the industry. Uh, so uh, that's all I want to say about that. Um, definitely listen to the guy. Uh, it's a little blary on um, the sound on his end, but uh, he still gets his point across. He's a great communicator, and uh, it's it was fun talking to him. And uh, since we have like a mutual wrestling connection, I did want to get this on as we approach the Royal Rumble. So without further ado, here's Tim Chismar. Okay, it's socially awkward with Evan Wexel. I have dug into my past and found a, a fellow, a fellow hombre of, of Hollywood comedy, even wrestling. Tim Chismar, well done, sir. You're here. Thanks. Hey, it's me. I'm here. Thanks for letting me harass you to be on this podcast. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great, man. I uh, I've always. You know, every time you hear a friend has a podcast, you want to be on it. You know, yeah. you look at the list and you're like, hey, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. Hey, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're it. I mean, you know, because, you know, when else can you shoot the breeze? It's it's like I'm stone cold and you're the undertaker. So it is please. exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> I The first thing is, what did I do for you where it was like a Rob Van Dam project where I sat in like a movie theater type of room? In in Orange wow. County, you and don't I, know. I I, I gave commentary, yeah, with someone. Right, right. So you don't know what finally happened with that. No. Wow. Okay. All right. So, um, way back in two thousand seven, I started this tour with Rob Van Dam, which was called Extreme Championship Comedy, and we uh, combined pro wrestling, stand up comedy. We toured the improvs. Um, our first one was at the Ontario Improv, but at our highest, we were doing Brea, Irvine, Hollywood, Ontario, and the John Lovitz Comedy Club. Every oh, wow. Month. That's yeah. great. So, 
It was a biggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we, um, Eric Bischoff came on. <laughs> it's, cool it's cool that you're a wrestling fan, so I don't have to stop and explain who Eric Bischoff is. But uh, Eric was uh, interested in filming a pilot, because at that time he was doing Bischoff Hervey Productions, and they had the Danny Bonaducci show and all these reality shows and stuff. So he came to one of our shows at the Hollywood Improv and, uh, and liked it enough that he wanted us to do a teaser. So we cut together footage from all of our shows and we submitted it and uh they said it wasn't good enough like it didn't get the concept across right so uh, what ended up happening long story short or long story longer yeah. um <laughs> i i got the ontario improv for three days because i had been doing so many shows there and, and clark the general manager liked me and stuff so he gave me the keys to the castle for three days wow. day and night and just let me shoot whatever i wanted um he just asked that we not use the improv logo so he was like yeah do whatever the hell you want so i had the i had the, the comedians which god evan i wish that i had I, I wasn't ready. Like, I wish I, I wish that I could do it now because I had I had I had comedians on board that you know I shouldn't have, and I should have went after actors in some spots for uh, like improvisational actors right. and stuff. Because what I was doing was I was running around trying to explain pro wrestling to comedians who don't watch wrestling, and so they didn't understand what I was trying to do. But anyway, uh, you were so seeking material. Comedians. So you were seeking material mostly about wrestling for that show, or did it matter? Well, no, it doesn't. There was a there was two parts. So right. there was a storyline. There was a storyline about us having a. I had a comedy club that had supposedly clean, wholesome, family-friendly comedy, but uh, nobody would come to the shows. Yeah. Rob shows up and brings all these wrestlers who get extreme and violent, and <laughs> and uh, and so we have these giant crowds, but they're being vulgar and dirty and scantily clad women and, and smoking weed and putting comedians through tables, and right. so it becomes this like tug of war over six episodes where I'm trying to get rid of him, and uh, and he's trying to stay anyway. So what you were involved in was uh, after we shot the the episodes. Um, it didn't get picked up. And the reason for that was uh, Eric Bischoff had Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship Wrestling on TV, oh. and it didn't have high enough ratings. So we would have been the second show. Oh. And the network went with that midget wrestling instead, and they, they didn't want us. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, it, really, it really sucked. We did a couple other pilots with Bischoff, too. We did this thing called High Tide, which was about a medical marijuana facility down right. in down on the beach in venice and yeah. so rob, rob and i tried a, a bunch of different stuff but for championship it you know the tour and stuff petered out after that because we kind of lost interest when we knew it wasn't going to go anywhere but so what we did was we had the episodes and rob and i was talking about doing something with the damn footage since we owned it and we we're like oh let's just throw it up online and just let the fans see it and not even try to make any money off of it and he felt like um, he felt like those uh, insane championship wrestling DVDs where they talk over matches mm -hmm. uh, was so hilarious. So he wanted to get comedians to make fun of our episodes in kind of like a heckler track format. So that's what that's what you were involved in. And uh, so they're online, all the episodes. You can see your stuff. Oh, but my gosh. The most important thing you really should see, Evan, you really <laughs> need to see this, is, is go to YouTube. <laughs> Don't tell Rob I said this because he's not a big fan of it. But uh, there's a channel called Wrestling with Regret right. with Brian Zane. Yeah, He did an entire episode 
about our show. <laughs> and he and he's a friend of mine. I asked him to do it. So I, it's a I, show I, within a show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He he did he did an episode about how awful our show was. <laughs> <laughs> and how awful RVD's comedy is. So oh, he, no. he was in a big. I, I didn't ask for that, but you know, it, it has something like two hundred thousand views on it. Wow. All right. Okay. You should check it Let's out. Let's put it in the notes. And in your, in your episode, are, it's on my channel and it's on Rob's channel. So it's on oh. the RVD official oh, channel yeah. in its entirety. So you can check it out. All right. I was really put. I remember I was pushing a little during those tapes. Like, what do I say? I got to like make the, make the jokes happen. Um, so I know, I mean, I met you, I guess through just crossing paths at venues in like Huntington beach or wherever, but I know like you've done stand up and now you've kind of transitioned more into like writing movies, producing, or you've always been doing that or what, what's on the business card first these days? I don't know. I try <laughs> to do everything. I try to do everything except have a normal job, bro. Like I, That's right. you know, I'll tell you, I, you know, I did TV and, and movies and wrestling and comedy and promotions and all that stuff. Um, but, um, it, it, you're, it, but your, your, your show is just like a talk format, right? It's like, this, we don't have to be like, no, no, do whatever you, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bleep if it gets too much, but other than that, you know, say whatever. It's an awkward no, podcast. I, oh yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. You know, I just, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I was going to share something real and I didn't know if I should be chuckle, uh, chuckle every minute, you know? No, no, be as real as you want to be. I've, I've so, talked to people going through crap on this, so don't worry. Okay, great. Well, I'm, I'm not going through crap, but I was at the end of 2016. Right. I had, I had a total breakdown yeah. where, uh, I was working on people's movies and TV shows where yeah. I could get paid to work on their projects. Um, but nobody would fund my projects. Wow. And one of the things that really broke me was, uh, this movie called church that I attached, uh, just the who's who of the pro wrestling world, man. I had Sabu, I had Hannigan, I had Tommy dreamer, I had Gangrel, I had Shelly Martinez, I had Sabu, I had, uh, you know, um, uh, Maria Canellis. I had, you know, wow. just on and on and on just a who's who and, uh, nobody wanted to fund it. And wow. it really broke my little heart. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I just had a total emotional breakdown. And so I, I left, I left Hollywood. Um, I moved up to Idaho and for one year wow. I started going to churches and, wow. uh, you know, studying in 12 step groups about like, you know, narcissism and all these, all these things I had kind of picked up in Hollywood where I was, uh, stuff you were into and. Yeah, I started becoming some of the people that I hated. You know, yeah, back yeah. in the day, it was like, I hate these people because they're so fake and they're so full of shit. And then what was I doing? Right. Pitching project after project that couldn't get funded and looked like I was wasting people's time with nothing. So, right. you know, I broke, uh, even though I knew I could get it done, nobody would give me a chance. And right. then I didn't look good because having failure after failure, you know, it, it just, anyway, so I went up to Idaho. I got a job working with kids who had behavioral issues and I wrote, I just worked wow. on books. And I uh, went to 12 step groups and, and went to churches and just really tried to focus on what was really important in life. And I spent a year doing that. And then when I was done, I realized uh, like the old serenity prayer, you accept the things you cannot change and then you change the things you can. And some of the things I cannot change is that I'm an entertainment guy. Yeah. So even after a year in the mountains working <laughs> with kids, working on books, I, I still had that itch. So I moved to Las Vegas because I've never been here before in my, in my, you know, aside from touring, but when I was doing standup, but I'd never lived in Vegas and, uh, and I'm close enough to LA where it's four hours away. So, okay, so I you're Vegas now people. you're in like Vegas proper. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So I, I am close enough to LA 
to to feel the fire but not get burned is what I tell <laughs> So I drive to LA when I have something to pitch or a premiere to go to or something to do. And then I get the hell out of there. So I'm not in the culture of LA. I feel like there's a lot of things better in Nevada than California anyway. So yeah, I've, I mean, I've had my drives to Vegas. Um, I've had select number of comedy nights there, but uh, there's yeah, nothing, you know, LA, obviously you, with what you do, it's good that you can pull that off from being well, in Vegas, LA, LA, you know, I'm not saying anything that you haven't heard a million times from other people, but right. LA is, is soul, soul crushing and you're surrounded by people who they all think they can do what you're doing better. Right. And then, yeah. so it's very hard to, uh, you know, you know, like, oh, I'm going to make a movie. Yeah. So is my neighbor and my uncle and my mom and my brother and my, the baker and, you know, and everyone at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's crummy. And then, you know, sadly, when you help people in LA, nine and a half times out of 10, they immediately forget you or worse right. than that. They're the first ones to want to shit on you, you know? And it's, uh, I've seen shitty things written about me online for people that I put in TV shows or I put on a comedy tour or I got in a movie right. and here they are saying some shit about me. And it's like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Hope you guys are liking my talk with Tim. Uh, we got more coming up, but first, this is where I tell you how you can help me sustain myself as a podcast uh, by go, go, going to patreon.com slash funny Evan. Um, there are reward tiers with your uh, monthly support. I can uh, handle all the costs and further expand into getting more people on unique people on that somehow or other have become my Facebook friend at uh, one time or another. Um, so, you know, there's all kinds of things I can send you maybe an awkward, uh, an awkward Israel t-shirt that uh, we have, um, which you can see yourself actually at, uh, teespring.com slash stores slash awkward with Evan. So there's a few ways to help out the podcast, um, but I'll keep it short and let's get back to Tim. So, I mean, I guess you kind of have found the right balance, um, measuring still able to pursue from Vegas. And, uh, you know, LA's on a need to know basis pretty much. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, it's great. I work with clients now, so I do a lot of, um, books and publishing. I, I have this year alone, I won two awards. I won the national literature award for wow. Latin America and I won the Bram Stoker award from Whoa. the horror writers Association Whoa. for a book. I wrote Clive Barker, the guy who did Hellraiser and all that. So in my niche, I'm kicking some ass. I have two movies out, including Unchained, which we just sold to distribution to AFM. Wow. And we're in pre-production on a great new comedy movie that we're shooting here in February on the biggest budget I've ever worked on. So wow. I'm talking to you from a condo that I have <laughs> and a cat and a, a life. Like I'm actually, I'm, I'm happy and I'm thrilled. I went to yoga last night. I went to, you know, I golf. Like I, I'm able to breathe here and, uh, and it's, I couldn't breathe in LA. Yeah. I was, it was, it was rough. So. Oh man, that is really good to hear. So you can like, you just can pump up, pump out books. Like, did you just have like a big queue? You were like from Idaho where you just building up a queue of books. You were like going to self publish or get a publisher or. Uh, I, I, I launched my own publishing house. It's Spooky Ninja Kitty. Oh, there you go. I have a publishing house called Spooky Ninja Kitty, but I've had books published through other publishing houses as well. I've done, you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I've done collections of uh, short stories. Actually, my director of the movie that we're in pre-production for just 
now text me. So okay. I'm, um, but but yeah. So I've written for Fangoria, and and I mean I can blah, 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 I can send you so, my bio. So you're you know, like more the horror genre. Then is that your thing? Horror and comedy has been my thing for yeah. quite a while, but now I'm leaning more towards the um, motivational, uh, inspirational thing. And it's not—it's not like I was looking for another hat to wear. Yeah. But over the course of—and I don't advertise for it—but over the last two years here in Las Vegas, something about what I'm doing in my history has led from person to person. And now I've got all these people who hire me to motivate them and keep them on board, whatever their goal is. So we identify what do they want to do and then how to get there and what's going to come up and the obstacles. And, and it's, uh, it's really great because they're all entertainment based. So it's kind of nice. There's, you know, I, I walked a Western writer through doing his books. There was a guy who wrote political thrillers. I walked him through starting his publishing house. We were able to um, turn it into a screenplay. We optioned it. We attached some celebrities to, it and and on and on and on there's I mean, everything from metaphysical like, like spiritualism psychic right. art stuff to uh you know somebody who wants to break into stand-up comedy like i have been able to walk all these people through the process and it, it feels really good you know to create the chismar academy all these online courses or something <laughs> the Chis- Chis- yeah i'm gonna be the next uh what's his name that uh who's the guy the guy with blacker dimpler what's his name oh i don't know I don't know. There's Kyle so many. Cease? Is it Kyle Cease? Kyle Cease does that. He does the uplifting yeah. comedy, right. but inspirational talk. I haven't seen it in, in years, but yeah, right. he probably does something like that. Then I can, I'm going to ask you then some random questions on what's your, have you seen any uh, Ted talks? You have a favorite Ted talk that you've seen recently? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite is my good buddy, uh, Steve Maison. He has an amazing Ted talk about coming down with cancer and the whole dying to do Letterman campaign. Whoa. Okay. Do you know about this? I think I, this sounds familiar. He he was diagnosed as gonna die, and he uh, it was his mission to get on David Letterman before wow. he died. So he gave himself a year, and he failed. And he gave himself another year, and he failed. Right. And it took like three or four years, but but he got on stand up before he got on Letterman before it canceled. Well, yeah, I ran into someone. There was a uh, someone that did same thing, and they he got on Ellen. I think with a similar story. I forgot his name. He was a funny dude. Well, Steve's is is amazing because he talks about – he really hits you with some stuff where he talks about, sure, I got a diagnosis that I'm dying, but I have news for you. You're dying too. (laughs) And uh, yeah, like we all are, you know? And so he talks about like if you don't have something to live for, you're already dead. And all this kind of like, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, you know. I know. There's definitely like a a culture, a subculture where it's like you're just kind of waiting to die. You're kind of just like idling and just like – like waiting for like the movie in time. You're just waiting for the clock to expire. And, uh, you know, as, as someone like you, you've discovered and I've discovered that I think the busier you are, the better, you know, you need things to live for. So, uh, if you have all those, those, those paths for you, you're, you're in good shape. Uh, yeah. What, what's been uh, an, abundance, an, an abundance mindset over a scarcity mindset. Oh, totally. That was um, you know, I, I worked with a, a life coach when I was putting things in, in perspective for myself. And that was one of the biggest problems that I had. I had a scarcity mindset where if Evan Wexel got a role in a movie, I would be like, well, why not me? Why not you? I'm as funny as Evan, you know, and, and, and that was the, the mindset. It was built into me in, in Hollywood where that's, you look at everybody like everyone's competition. And so to take that away and, and look at things from more of an abundance standpoint, that the world is full of unlimited opportunity, totally. money jobs, love, culture. Every day that you're awake, you have another shot to do something important. 
Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, like I'm working on so many like weird things right now that can just be sprouting little seeds all over the place. Um, okay, was it what, since you were a comedy horror guy, do you have a favorite comedy or comedy slash horror movie? A horror like were you a Final Destination person? No, no, I don't. I don't. Get, I don't even consider that horror. No. Um, my well, so the, I mean, it's a huge topic because I am a yeah. true horror freak. But um, are there conventions that that one would attend? Like with the best? Oh my like, god! Horror con yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We just did one last last weekend out here, and there's tons. There's tons, yeah. tons, tons. Scare LA, um, you know, Midsummer Scream, right. Monster Palooza, Son of Monster Palooza. I mean, <laughs> we could just keep going. Uh, but for a horror comedy that I appreciate, it, it was in the 80s. It was like 89. It's called House. And it has uh, William Cat, Richard Mall, George Wentz. <laughs> and it's about a house that is a haunted house. But a guy's uh, son was kidnapped by, you know, that age old story, a uh, Vietnam vet that he was in uh, overseas with got shot. And the guy asked him to kill him because he didn't want to get tortured. And he didn't want to kill his Whoa. friend. His friend got drug off and tortured for weeks before he died. So he comes back from the dead to steal his kid. You know, and uh, and so he has to fight through the, the all the monsters in the house to finally get his kid back. Whoa, okay, so that that's I'm gonna look that up. We'll see where we can stream that. <laughs> it's really funny. It's it's actually it's, it's really funny. Uh, like for example, uh, his aunt used to own the house, oh. and uh, the first time he meets George Went from Cheers. George is the neighbor, and he's talking to him about, like, yeah, last lady lived here was crazy, batshit, out of her mind, biggest weirdo you ever met. And then William Cat goes, that was my aunt. He goes, oh, heart of gold, sweet lady. <laughs> you know, like, on a dime. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, cool. What what can uh, – so we're going to keep an eye out for your movies, keep an eye, keep an eye out for whatever's – popping uh fr from chismar uh whether it's online <laughs> movie theaters and whatnot um where do you want people to go to check you out spooky ninja kitty.com and timchismar.com those are the places i'm going to put the most stuff down um we're we're taking it down we're revamping because i i've always had a, a branding problem i do so many damn things and right. and and so it, it, it's hard I don't want one thing that I'm into to affect something else. So if some woman is hiring me to help walk her through grief counseling uh, for people who've lost their kids to suicide, Whoa. I don't want her to see that I wrote some bloody disgusting book <laughs> and be like, ah, maybe he's not the guy to work with. Yeah. So I, I have to, I have to move these things around. So I'm going to do speaking, speaking into kitty for the, for the darker, scarier horror, you know, related stuff. And then my name, Tim is going to be more light and fluffy, you know, are you still, do you still do stand up or do you find time to just kind of mosey on in somewhere? No, I, I, okay. I don't. Okay. No, I, I don't, I don't like it. I, I think it's pretty soul crushing in my, <laughs> in my, in my personal experience. And it's just mine. It's just my experience. <laughs> yeah. The, the greatest people I've ever met in, in this world have been writers. Like they're so supportive and kind and encouraging. And the worst people I've ever met in my entire life are comedians. They are narcissistic okay. and mean-spirited and angry, and you know this for a fact, so don't hide it. If you told somebody that you got booked at, at a show, would they say, oh, hey, congratulations, or would they say, hey, can I get a drop-in? Hey, who's booking that room? Ugh. Like, they're so, they're not, they're not supportive at all. I'm, I'm going to take the fifth. Uh, what about the audience, though? How, what, do you miss, the, uh, the audience is, does it depend on the night? When you had those audience, good crowds, bad crowds. 
Well, I do. I do presentations and in, in speaking engagements. Oh, okay, now. so now when it's I fine. Talk, yeah, when I talk to a crowd, it's because it's specific to the topic. So right. if I'm talking to wannabe writers about how to get their publishing house going, or uh, encouraging them to, you know, do a book, or or how to produce a, a horror, you know, film, or you know, it's specific to what I'm talking about. And it's nice that my comedy background makes me a funny guy who's talking about something they care about yeah. instead of if the sign said funny guy. And nice. I'm like, ah, ah, walk yeah. like, <laughs> I just, the, the waka waka years are a little, yeah. little behind. You just show them. Yeah. I mean, you kind of tell you're, you're thoroughly charismatic, so it's not really much of an issue. I think when you get on a stage, uh, cool, man, no, I'm, I'm more, I'm more uncomfortable here in the real world. Right. Right. You know, on stage, I know my role. I, uh, you know, as the rock. There's say. a great gif I saw or gif, whatever, of uh, like, the, like the sad, like uh singer that's like, it's from the early 1900s and she's kind of like moping before the curtain opens. And then when the curtain opens, you kind of just spring to life. Like, here I am, crowd. Here we go. Right, right. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, this is, this is good to catch up. I guess I'll, I'll put my kid to bed now. But uh, thank you for letting me get you on here. And uh, you have any, well, before we go, then, do you have any re- uh, residual questions for me? Any Anything you want to pick my brain on or, or ask me since we haven't spoken in a while? No pressure. You can pass. No, no, no. You, uh, so you, you, the comedy stuff, like, do you tour regularly? Or are you doing warm-up for a show? Like, I don't, uh, I don't know where you're at. I had done warm-up for a couple of shows, but the last one I did was was rough, and I kind of just, like, took myself out of it just because it was the kind of gig where they, they put the headset on you while you're warming up a crowd, so they're kind of, like, feeding you. It's like, you know, I'm Michael Cole and Vince is in my ear the whole time or something. Right, right. Um, But, you know, I do, I've do. done shows sporadically. Uh, do a lot of tutoring for kids, like, trying to get into the schools they want to get into. Uh, but, no, the comedy's still there. I've been to a couple of uh, NACA. I did an, a NACA conference, an APCA conference, uh, which is for college programming. I That's got to be tough. It's gonna, a lot of people don't want to play colleges now. Oh, I, I love it. It's tough in terms of the material you can do, but I feel like it's an, it's still playful enough where if you have the act, you can keep going with it. Um, yeah. Well, on the wrestling side, you know, I have tons of uh, Nigel McGuinness and Beth Phoenix. And, you know, I ran a promotion in Pennsylvania for four years wow. and then did all these wrestling comedy shows in L.A. So I, I have a lot of stuff we could talk about as far yeah. as the wrestling business. Well, I did so. once tweet Beth, Beth Phoenix. I did play her alma mater, Canisius, in Buffalo. So she liked that. Uh, but, yeah, I remember Nigel's popped in once. He was doing like a wrestling compadres podcast years ago. Yeah. And, of course, it's funny, like all those people now are all like, somewhere in the biz so yeah johnny right right, right. johnny and then uh yeah. miller just just did a uh, yeah totally know, jericho and jericho's podcast and everything yeah no i'm i'm thoroughly enjoying ryan's uh ryan's travels so uh, yeah yeah it's good it's good i'm not jealous at all that's the point <laughs> that's the point that's the point I'm very happy for uh, him. uh yeah because we've now we've both been on the jericho podcast so it's good <laughs> all right uh yeah so i'm just trying to get more comedy in i had a, i had a i had a rough spring a year ago um but it's already looking better and i haven't even done a lot of my outreach for the spring so uh bigger things uh trending upwards as we like to say in in the biz 
Well, cool. If you ever yeah. do something in Vegas, let me know. Oh, and, sure. Uh, occasionally, there are some some venues that have asked me about doing comedy shows. So you asked oh, yeah. if I perform. I, I don't really like to perform, but I've I've put on a few shows out here. Uh, yeah. I had Brandon Fakara come out, and uh, I don't know a few a few others. Like there are some speakeasies and stuff that have yeah. asked me to put on some events. So right. Yeah, or just oh, go, go RVD's right down the road. We're doing a book together. We're doing his. Uh, he wants to do a book of stoner uh, stories. <laughs> so we're doing all these stories by him getting like busted from with cops, and uh, he's going to have like guest stories from Booker T and stuff. So we're working on that right yeah. now. That's going to come out. That's next good. Time. I have a. I still have his uh his autograph photo he made to Beckett. Uh, that he wrote when he was two, and he said, "Always aim high to my two year old." So, no, no pun intended. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> It's good. He he did not know how to 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 hold a child though. That was that was the most in- funny thing I found out. Like I guess my wife, I didn't meet him. My wife met him at his uh, comedy spot that he was gonna do with like John Morrison and Gangrel and all those guys. That was my show. That was your show. Yeah, he met them yeah. there, and he just he didn't know how to hold Beckett. He just kind of like held him like he was dragging luggage halfway through the airport. So that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was at the art parlor and uh, yep. and yeah, you, uh, you know who else was there? Um, that girl, uh, the blonde who was in Playboy. She's friends with Stacey Keebler. She was in oh, the Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, Tori Wilson. Yes, she oh, was there. Yeah. So yeah. why do I know this? Okay, good. Uh, cool. So to good catching up. It, it we tried to keep it a little awkward, but it was, it was real. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, keep throwing down. And uh, I'll, I'm going to keep an eye on you. Well, cool, brother. I can't wait to see you. And uh, we're going to do a premiere in L.A. for Unchained. Why don't you and your wife come? Do it. Send the invite. Great. You know who's in it? Taya Valkyrie. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's right. I think you did post something about that. Yeah, buddy. I'm, I'm a lifer. Anything I do, I try to get some wrestling peeps in okay, there. Love it. Love it. Okay, cool. Good deal. All right, man. You have a good one. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. You got it, brother. Anytime. Thanks. All right. That was my talk with Tim Chismar. Uh, funny guy. Talented guy. Um, you can tell he's his character. Uh, for more on uh, my episodes and who I've spoken to, please go to awkwardwithevan.com and iTunes and just kind of like look back at my archive and see if there's uh, people from certain walks of life that you dig and, uh, you know, go back and have a listen to them. We got more coming up. Uh, I still creep closer to episode 100. I have an idea of the first person I want to ask to be that episode. Uh, maybe that person will say yes. We'll find out. Um, anyway, enough of that. Please give a like or a follow at Awkward Evan at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and stay awkward because I will. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.